0: Good evening. We are live, and uh, we have some people here live with me, so make some noise. Thank you. Good. Hi, guys that are coming in now. Uh, We are starting a new series tonight, as it is the 2nd of May, I believe I was told. And uh, I'm also told that next week is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day in advance. Um, But we are going to start a new series called A New World. Uh, One of the things that I've been talking about, along with, we've talked about the crucifixion, and we've talked about uh, different things with, with Jesus' life after he came back and talked to the disciples from the resurrection and all of these things, and how uh, he treated people and how the return happened. And then along with how our return to normalcy uh, has been going, along how with, with just everything in society starting back and, and just starting to look in that direction and go in that direction, how that is going. And so a new world is like that, because one of the things I've said before, uh, and one of the things hopefully a lot of people are saying just because things are going back to some semblance of normalcy doesn't mean it has to be exactly like it was before. Uh, we can do better. We can be better. Uh, there are going to be a lot of things that people will hopefully have learned over this year. Um, I hope, and I, I don't know, but I hope that as soon as an all-clear comes and they're like, hey, COVID is over, you can not wear masks anymore, blah, 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 whatever it is, I hope that people don't just burn their masks and be like, well, we're back. I hope that people stop and think, well, what can we learn? How did we help people in the, in the interim? How did we treat people? Um, did we care, care more about... Uh, different issues, uh, mental issues? Did we care more about emotional issues? Did we care more about how people were doing? Did we think more about people and and their loneliness? Did we think more about people as what they were dealing with and what they truly needed? And and that's something that's very important because we're going to go into a new world. Some of you are going to go into that more than others because you're seniors and you're either going into the workforce or you're starting college or something in that range where it's a brand new type of life. And some of you have started that already or you've taken classes or you've done something. And it can be really a lot at once, where it's like, man, everything is changing right now. Uh, some of you are, are watching as things around you feel worse, like it feels like as the world is opening up more and more, uh, you maybe are losing some things, like maybe a Hall of Fame quarterback or something like that, something that's very difficult to hold on to. And, and it's just different things Uh, that we all look at. And that's what a new world is about. Because I don't want you guys, as you go back to normal, I want you guys to have normal again. But I don't want you to go back and be like, well, life is just like it was. Let's stop caring about everything we stopped caring about before. I want us to do better. Now, it would be insanely a lie if I were to stand here and say that the world is going to do that. That everybody in leadership and and around the world is going to be like, well, hey, we've really learned. Let's treat everybody better. And let's. they're not. But we can't we can. And so I want to go to Philippians 2, 1 through 11, as we talk about love, and we talk about love like that, and what it looks like to love others, and what it looks like to be like Jesus in this new world. Uh, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, uh, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. So there's a lot in there that I want to unpack before I go on. one of the things that you'll find is different people have different uh, lines for when they will say love. So like some people use love all of the time and they use it for everybody. They walk through the streets and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and you know, some people get into a relationship and they say it within a couple days. Some people say it to pizza and, and fries and whatever else. And some people are kind of hesitant in saying it because it's hard or maybe they haven't heard it or maybe they don't know what it feels like maybe they don't know what it looks like and so it can be very difficult Uh, and so I want to talk about that really quick because it says uh, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ any comfort from his love and those are called rhetorical questions which you'll come across in school at some point and that means a question that you know the answer to so you don't need to answer it and it's because there is. Jesus loves you completely. It doesn't matter where you are in your faith. It doesn't matter uh, even if you believe right now, if you're having doubts, whatever. He loves you. Now, we have to choose that in order to, to glory in it, in order to live in it, in order to go forward in it. But, but it's still, that's always there. He always loves you. And that love is comfortable to us. And I don't mean that in a like lazy way, but I mean, it's comfort. It makes us feel good because it's unconditional because there's literally nothing in your entire life that you could have done or will do that would make him stop loving you. Now, again, you can choose to turn away from that. You can choose to reject it. And that's a different topic. But Jesus would still love you. He would still love you completely. Uh, He died on the cross for people that were still sinners. Like nobody was a Christian at that point. I guess the disciples technically, but, but it's like he died for everybody who still hadn't accepted him. So that love is comfort. That love is encouraging. That love is is open and unconditional. One of the things you'll find as you go through life is a lot of people put conditions on love. They want you to act in a certain way before they'll truly love you or before they'll give you what you think you need or what they think you need. Uh, They'll they'll put uh, rules in place. And I'm not talking about parents' rules. Your parents love you, but follow the rules. That's not the point. I'm talking in your real life. Uh, you'll come across people who, who really use love as a weapon. There are people who think that love can only be physical. There are people that think love uh, doesn't exist. They think it's just a chemical reaction. There are people that think all kinds of things. But this right here tells us that love should be in comfort. It should be encouraging. It should be true. It should be unconditional. That does not mean that you love, you do love everybody. It does not mean that you love everybody and then also let them treat you like garbage. It doesn't mean that you love them and also let them abuse you. That's not what I'm saying, you still love them, but you don't have to be next to them. You don't have to be their best friend. You, can, you Sometimes you have to cut people out of, their, out of your lives. We all know that, we've all had that. Uh, and sometimes we've been cut out of people's lives for, for different reasons and that sucks and that hurts. But, but what is happening here in, in this passage is just saying this is what love is. This is what love is. Um, over the history of time, the capital C Church has occasionally done things the wrong way. Uh, a lot of times when the churches had power, whether it was the Roman Catholic Church or during the Crusades or whatever period of time you want to look at where the church messed up badly, uh, it was love was not a comfortable thing. It wasn't an encouraging thing. It was a, hey, you follow me and you do exactly what I say or we're going to kill you. That's not love. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus could have done that. Because Jesus was perfect, unlike anybody else in the history of time, he is perfect. So he could say, you have to be perfect or I won't love you anymore, and he'd be able to practice that, but he never would do that. But so often, as Christians, as people, we do that to other people. It's like, you have to fit my standard, and then I will love you. You have to look how I want you to look, and then I will love you. You have to act how I want you to act, and then I will love you. That's not how it works. Imagine if Jesus did that. Imagine if Jesus, if you are raised in the church or you find out about the church and it's like, hey, so for God so loved the world, only those that are perfect, only those that never mess up, only those that go to church every single week, only those that tied the exact right amount, only those that that have never messed up, only those that look the right way, only those that wear suits and ties or dresses and bows, only those that whatever. uh, Then he died for them. Everybody else is just gone. But it doesn't say that. It says Jesus, God loved everyone, so he sent Jesus. And it's hard for us because uh, it hurts when people betray us. It hurts when people abuse us. It hurts. And all of these things, just it sucks. It sucks when we love somebody and they don't love us back. It sucks when we try to help somebody and they refuse it. It sucks when, when we do our best and we still mess up. We still hurt somebody just by accident or just because we didn't know the right thing. Whatever. That all sucks. And it's hard. But this says that God has a plan for you, that that love exists, that that what Paul is writing about here says that it's there. Jesus' love is there for you, for you to accept, for you to take. That's how you love people. You don't love people that are just like what you want them to be. You love them and then you help them or you talk to them or you have a relationship with them or you, you pray about them, whatever it is. Do your best to not make love conditional. Because that's not what Jesus did. And that's what I want to talk about with this series, with this. Because when we go back to the new world, there are going to be a lot of different conditions set forward. Uh, It's very much going to be, hey, you know, if you still talk about COVID or you still care about this, then get out of here. Or opposite. If you uh, don't care, then get out of here. Whatever it is. Like, there's all different lines. And it's very much in politics right now and for a long time. uh, If you disagree with me, you're evil. Both sides think that. And, And because of that, it's all of this conditional love. And sometimes we get caught up in that because we want things to be the way that we want them. We want things to be the right way. We want things to look how we want because that makes us feel better. It makes us feel comfortable. It makes us feel good. But Paul goes on to say, uh, agree wholeheartedly with each other. That does not mean that you agree with everything everybody says. You're not gonna. It doesn't mean that you think everybody is right. It doesn't mean that you think everybody is awesome. It doesn't mean you think everybody is cool. It doesn't mean that you think everybody is unannoying. What it means by agree wholeheartedly is kind of the whole agree to disagree thing, where it's like, hey, you know what, we're not going to agree on this, and so we may not be friends or, or, you know, whatever, we may not hang out very much, but, but I still love you. And, and I want you to know that, that it's not your, your points of views that affect how I, I look at you. I still love you, and you know, we don't agree, but let's hope that we can build something off this. Let's hope we can talk. Let's hope that we can figure this out, because... We show love by how we treat other people. We show love by how we speak. We show love by how we witness. And absolutely, Pastor Tim talked this morning about that and about how uh, it's a huge part of witnessing is how we live, how we act, and it's also how we talk, uh, what we say. Whether it's like, hey, you know, I go to this youth group and it's okay sometimes because the guy, eh, but he's okay. He has spiky hair and that's cool sometimes for his age. And so... uh, and it's like, you know, hey, you should check this out. And they're, they're like, no. And you're like, well, we can't be friends anymore. No, don't do that. But that's a witness. That's telling them who you are, showing them who you are. And then sometimes there are going to be people that come up to you, people that you've built a relationship with, people that you've talked to, people that you know a little bit. And they're going to be like, hey, why, why do you believe this? What do you believe? And then that's your chance to really talk about it and really share it. And it's about being that loving way, being the way love should be. Going to the next part. Uh, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others uh, as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Um, So, most of the world, but especially just the way America has been established, is very much self interest. And it's because of capitalism. I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just saying that's the way it is. Because you succeed by getting more money, you succeed by succeeding. You succeed by winning the trophies. You succeed by making the most money, by beating down the, the mom and pop stores, whatever. like It is what it is. And so because of that, we all kind of grow up with this competitive edge. And more than anyone else, I have that. I want to win every single thing all of the time. I always want to win. And I could win 40 Fortnite matches in a row and then get second and I'm only going to focus on that second place because that's how I am and I want that win all of the time. But this says, you know, in the important things, not in sports, not in video games, but in the important things, the way you treat others, don't be selfish. Doesn't mean don't care about yourself, it doesn't mean let everybody else control who you are and what you think and what you do, but don't be selfish. Listen to people when they talk to you, treat them better and maybe before COVID, we all kind of failed at that. Maybe when you're at school or at work or at home, it was very much like everybody's kind of talking over each other. And, you know, your friendships were just kind of. eh. And then during COVID, like during the pandemic with the, all the Zoom stuff, you like got to know people a little bit better. Now, as soon as we get back, there's going to be this temptation again to just go to Kings Island and go to Cedar Point and go to all these places and just back to ourselves. And I'm not saying don't do those things. But I'm saying remember who people are and what they care about and why they care about it. And don't just be selfish. Don't make up a bigger deal about yourself to impress other people because you're enough as you are. I remember when I was in second grade a long time ago, before any of you, your parents or grandparents were born, uh, a long time ago in second grade, we would have this thing where we'd kind of make up bigger and bigger stories about who our fathers were. Just like, well, my dad was a baseball player. This is him on this card. And you like hold up a Babe Ruth card. And it's like, come on, dude. Although at that time, I probably had like people probably had Babe Ruth cards and we weren't smart. And it is what it is. But you you just try to pretend you're somebody that you're not to impress other people. You don't have to do that. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to like you because they're not going to. But if somebody only cares about you. Because you are being someone else, they don't care about you. And then you flip that. If you only care about somebody because of what they can do for you, then you don't really care about them. And I go back to Jesus again. Imagine if he loved us like that. Imagine if he only loved you as long as you could go to Sunday school, as long as you could come to youth, as long as you could go to church, as long as you could do this. And if you don't, it's like, ah, we're done now. That'd be awful. That would be control. And that's not something that he happens. And it goes on, be humble. Be humble. It doesn't say you don't have to win. Win. That's awesome. It doesn't say you don't ever have to tell anybody you won, but maybe don't start every conversation with, hey, by the way, I'm the greatest athlete of all time. Only, you know, a couple people could say that. Again, this is something that is very hard because it's easy to get drowned out by everybody else. Because this is one of those things where I can tell you guys all of this and we can all really come together on this and like, this is how I'm going to go. And then you go out into the world and you're one of 50 and the other 49 are like, ah, I don't care. And that's discouraging. And it hurts. And the disciples and Jesus, they felt that as Paul is writing this, he felt that. But just knowing that he felt that, that doesn't necessarily make it easier for us. And yet that's where we keep looking back. The Jesus' love for us that we always carry with us. And that's why things like this are important. This isn't an advertisement for youth group or church, but that's why this is important, where you can come together with other people that are here, other people that believe the same way that you are, other people that care about the same things as you, other people that accept you. And then that helps you as you go out into the week. And so one of the things I'll say, and this isn't all about college, obviously, but as you go to college, get into some kind of group. And I'm not saying that you have to go to a specific church. I'm not saying you have to join Campus Crusade. Get into some kind of group of people that think and believe like you. And maybe it's just a once a month thing, once a week thing, whatever. Get into that so that you have that support. You have that love. You have that help as you go around because everybody else is going to be different. And you have that acceptance of this is who I am and this is, you know, who I want to be. It's so important to have that. It's so important to have people around you that, that know you and that care about you more than just what you can do for them. Uh, and it says, think of others as better than yourselves. I've said this a lot. That's something that I like, truly think, that everyone else is better than me. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying don't be damaged like Jeff. He's saying, hey, everyone is on the same level, but when you're with someone else, imagine that their stuff is more important than yours while they're talking. Again, this doesn't mean that you never talk, it doesn't mean you never ask for help. It means that while somebody's coming to you, imagine that that's more important than you, that they're more important than you. Don't live your life like they are because you're all loved equally. But think like that so that you can really be there in that situation, so you can really be there. And again, this is something that is really hard. And that's why it's kind of cool that we get this reset. We get this reboot. We get this time, this, what, a year, going on a year, and a month, whatever, I don't know how time works, of of like everything's different and everything's off and everything's shut down and school's gone and it's just virtual or half virtual or four days a week or whatever. We get this time to where when we do get back together, we can truly make this a new world. Uh, The NFL draft just happened last week and I don't want to bring up bad feelings again, even though I joked earlier. The NFL draft... And I know that not everybody here cares about football or knows what a football is, and that's fine. But the cool thing about the draft is that on those days that it happens, every team from the lowly Detroit Lions, sorry, Ben, to the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are the most recent champions, like all of the teams are on equal footing. And every single fan of every single team, except possibly the Bengals, looks at the draft and is like, This pick could make us champions. This pick could really improve us. The Bears, Chicago Bears, have been awful for years. They've had one good quarterback in their entire time. And they traded up to take Justin Fields from Ohio State. And he might be good. I think that he will be. But regardless, they have that hope now. Now, you could look at their past and be like, well, statistically, that's never going to happen. And you've got the Bucs, and you've got the, the Packers, and you've got all these other teams that are good in the NFC, blah, blah, blah. I'm not getting too far into sports. But everybody on those days thinks, hey, this could be it. This pick could change it. This pick could make it different. And that's what I want us to get back to as we go to a new world, as we start next year's school year, whether it's college or high school or middle school, as we start again. This could be it. This could be the year that my dreams come true. This could be the year that I truly learn who I am. This could be the year that I really show my faith to everybody. This could be the time that everything comes together. And we live like that and we go forward like that. And that's what this is saying. Because this is a fresh start for all of us. It's a reboot, just like the NFL draft. Last part of the scripture. You must have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him him to a place of highest power and gave him the name above all other names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this basically says this is how Jesus lived. Like the part Paul says first is, hey, this is how we should do. And then he establishes, this is what Jesus did. Some of you guys have written research papers, or I guess everybody has at this point. Uh, And so kind of the whole trick to research papers is you find your sources and you find a big quote, and then you write what it means and around it. That's kind of what he's doing here. His thesis was, you know, treat people better, be like Jesus. And then he's like, see, look, Jesus did this. Uh, So I believe 100% in Jesus. That's just not a shock because I'm a pastor and I'm standing here. But I believe firmly in him. I've seen his, his hand in my life. Things have happened that have no other explanation other than God's love for me. And, and that's really cool. It's also crazy. It's, it's interesting. It's all kinds of things. But I, I've experienced that. I feel that. That's why I'm able to stand here. That's why I do this every week. That's why I did it every week during COVID. Because I truly believe this. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't say it. Most of you guys that know me, you know that I'm, I don't mean this as a compliment to myself. I'm very real with how I talk to people. I'm very honest with who I am and what I'm going through. And that's because I believe this. And so I'm saying right now, I believe this. And I say that because if you talk to anyone in the history of time, post 35 AD-ish, everyone, whether they believed in Jesus or not, would tell you "He he treated everybody great. Like, he lowered himself to, to love other people. And, and now, again, I believe in him, and I hope that you guys believe in him and you give your lives to him. But even the Romans, even Pontius Pilate, even people that, that had no interest in Christianity whatsoever, uh, even the Pharisees who put him to death, they were like, yeah, he's got, he treated people well. Like, he treated people like he wanted to be treated. He loved them. He really did everything that he said. Now, why did the Pharisees kill him? Because they didn't believe he was the Messiah, and he said he was, and he made him look bad, and that's all kinds of things. But nobody could say, yeah, he treated me like garbage because he didn't. And that's what this is saying. It's like, hey, Jesus could have done that. Uh, you, maybe you, in your life you've been around somebody who uh, thinks they're better than you and they make sure you know they think they're better than you. They make sure that, that, that you know that they are the best athlete or that they are the best Christian or that they are the best student or whatever. And I'm not talking in a friendly, fun way where you're joking with your friend and you're making fun of them. I'm talking in like a... They come into the room and you're like, ah. Oh. Like a Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory type thing. Where, where they just really are, I'm always right. And everything I say is right. And, and everything I do is right. And I'm just perfect. And you've probably been around somebody like that. And when you leave that, you're probably not like, oh, I can't wait to be just like them. You're probably like, ah, oh, I'm glad I'm not like them. Jesus could have been like that. Because he was perfect. He had access to every power period. He could have said, guys, I'm better than you. I've never sinned. I'm never going to sin. I can bring people back to the dead. I can give them life. I can give them eyesight. I can do whatever. You can't do that. So follow me. Come on. But he didn't do that. He who could said, guys, you're better than me. You can do better than me. Literally said that, not just to disciples, but to us. And he did that because he understands love, he understands the concept of a new world. He started a new world. Things changed with him. We can make things change. We cannot change the entire world, I get that. But we can change our world. We can be that change. We can help people see who we are and why we are. We can show people what love actually is. We can treat people like we'd wanna be treated And maybe you're thinking, yeah, I'm just a kid. Yeah. But there are other kids in the world. Other people your age. Other people older than you, younger than you, that look at you and are like, what's the deal with you? What's the deal with airline food? Bad joke. What's the deal with you? What's your deal? When someone walks away from you, from any interaction with you, what do they think about you? And that doesn't mean you have to always be on. It doesn't mean you're perfect. But what do they think about you? Can they tell who you really are? Or does that change depending on who you're with? This is our chance. This series is about our chance to start a new world, to start again, to start fresh, to love like that, like Jesus did. It is the most important thing I ever say is to love like Jesus did. It is extraordinarily hard. Because we don't have that patience sometimes and we have our own problems and we wake up in a bad mood or we get hurt or something bad happens and it hurts. And so it's hard. But just like He loves us unconditionally, He also will forgive us unconditionally if we ask. And He will help us. He'll give us the strength. And together, we give each other the strength. Rob and Becky and Carol and Terry, they're here Not just because they want to hear me talk. That's just a negative side effect that comes with them being here. They're here because they truly believe that we can be better. And that they have something to show you, to share with you, that they think you guys are worth it. That's why I'm here. Some of you are here for those same reasons make every interaction you have feel like that. It doesn't mean agree with everybody. It doesn't mean everybody's, you're going to be your best friend. It doesn't mean everybody's awesome. It means that we can be more like Jesus as we start again. That This moment, this end to the pandemic and the start of a new world can be our NFL draft. And we can go forward together and we can come back here and join and say like, hey, how's it going? And some of you as you go to college, we're not going to forget you. You can come back and say, hey, what's up? How's life? Do you want a piece of candy? Whatever. Again, I wish that I could say that every single person in the world is going to do this when we get back to society they're not. That just makes it all the more important that we do our best. You're not going to be perfect, you're going to mess up, but that we do our best and that we come together and we strengthen each other, we bring each other together and that we love like Jesus did. That's all I got.